Welcome to Medicated Babbling with Janet Thomas. The rants, the laughs, the tiny baby steps that get us through chronic illness. And quick disclaimer before we get started, I am not a health practitioner of any kind. I am a person with chronic illness and opinions. So uh, let's get started. Lena's joined me again for another December episode. You know, I think if we do this one more time, this is the second time. I think one more time and it'll officially be a tradition. I'm working on it. Anyway, uh, in case you don't know, Lena, she does all the things. She's a patient advocate, has a blog, does photography, writes books, including Chronic Christmas, surviving the holidays with a chronic illness. She she does it all. You could find uh, a link to her blog, The Seated View, in the show notes. And there you can find all the links to social media, all her books, everything. And just to place this recording in COVID time, here in the city of Toronto, we were in a 28-day lockdown that was supposed to end just before Christmas. That was when we recorded the interview. And now that I'm doing the whole intro thing, the whole province, never mind the city, the whole province is going into lockdown for 28 or 14 days, depending on your location. So yeah, I mean, we already had very distanced holiday plans. I don't think it'll change much from that point of view in the interview. I don't think it'll be too jarring. But yeah, oof, another 28 days. I mean, don't get me wrong. This lockdown probably should have happened earlier. But this all just seems never ending. Okay, enough of that. Let's get with to the chat with Lena. Hello. How are you? Alrighty. Happy December. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. Uh I, I am emotionally still in April, so you know. Well, this is the longest month you've ever had then since we sort of locked down in March. It is. <laughs> Very long. I hear you. But, you know, we'll get through it. We will, we will. Oh, okay, apparently energy levels are not there for either of us. <laughs> <laughs> energy, what's that? Energy? We don't have, we don't have no stinking energy. So yeah. I guess since it's December, we should talk about holidays. You know, the holidays that won't be and never were. I know. But people have asked me, what are you doing for Christmas? I just look at them funny. I'm like, nothing? What are you doing and why? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, right? I think I still see people who are planning to get together with family. And I'm like, are you nuts? Sorry, that's just mental, but really... Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think I think um, I might have a, a, a go walkies with mom and dad. Um, that's about as exciting as it's going to get, probably. Yeah, I think my my sister is probably coming in um, for a sidewalk distanced visit with masks, and you know. Yeah. And that's that's about it. Like I'm I'm sitting here, I have finally cleared cleared sorry, a bit of room for my Christmas tree, which is like one of those little tabletop things because it's the middle of December and I'm just, turns out that the spirit of the season is very dependent on going out and seeing decorations and hearing the carols and all of that. And, and I've been in quarantine for the last two weeks. So, you know, not, not because I had anything, but I was exposed to somebody who did. Yeah. It makes it tricky. I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't listen to music that often because I'm usually listening to podcasts, but it has crossed my mind. I should like pull up a Christmas playlist 
Mm. and do that whole thing but yeah it hasn't happened yet (laughs) and I haven't put up my Christmas tree in years and yeah it's again it's one of those little like two foot tabletop jobbies because who has space yeah one bedroom apartment I think it's possible to lean into it a whole lot more and I think my primary issue really is that time is moving so fast that it's the 15th and I don't know what happened but then I don't tend to put stuff up I know a lot of people did this year it was the minute November hit it was everywhere because it's just um yeah, it, it makes it makes this year a little more cheerful, but I have this thing where if I put stuff up, after about three weeks, I stop seeing it. Mm. So I kind of thought, okay, if I do that, then it won't be special. So I'm doing my usual thing, which is about mid, mid-December. Well, then you're right on track. I know. I call it Christmatizing. And then, and then come January, I will de-Christmatize. I have heard of... A- tradition that some people do which always baffled me which is they put their tree up on christmas eve oh yeah we used to do that in my family it's when it's a live tree okay fair enough because i'm like well if you put it up on christmas eve and then take it down on the sixth or whatever the magic date is supposed to be that's not up for very long no that's why it's special because when you leave it up all the time then it's no longer special i'm from denmark and we celebrate on Christmas Eve. And my mother used to make, my sister and I, decorate the tree while she was busy in the kitchen during the afternoon because, you know, the dinner is a production. And I think at some point it was, it was a way to occupy impatient children. That is smart. And I know some people in Denmark who put it up on what we call Little Christmas Eve, which is the 23rd. So we would put it up before like while she was in in the kitchen and when we were done she would come in to see it and she would always say that it was the most beautiful tree she had ever seen of course she did it was it was so special right and it's something I, i keep telling my sister to do something like that because and god knows her kids are 15 now so tall enough but i think she enjoys it too i think the kids are involved but it's like get them to do it right but i think that's that is my segue into talking about making things special. I think too many people, especially women, let's get real, are kind of responsible for the whole thing. Mm. And when you're responsible for the whole thing, all you get is stress and the pressure to make it perfect for everybody else who are, you know, lounging in front of the TV playing video games or whatever. A lot of what makes the season whether it's hanukkah which it is as we talk about this so happy hanukkah christmas kwanzaa diwali whatever what makes it special is the memories of being together and doing things together and i think a lot of the memories from my childhood about things that were special were i don't know crafting doing the tree helping my mother bake cookies stuff like that and i think the more you involve other people, whether it's your kids, your friends, your family, whatever, with, with in, in, in new and novel ways this year, but find little things to do together that can make, that's what makes it special. And that's where you can lean in rather than frantically do all of it. And I, I think that goes for, well, the everyday and other special events too. Like they, they resist the urge to do it all. 
Well, one thing I don't, I, because I know there was, there's always been a lot of pressure, especially with, you know, when you do the great big family gathering, there's like, you know, people you haven't seen in ages that you might want to impress or whatever and show your perfect family and nobody's got that. But so that pressure will be off because the extended family's not coming to town. So that's yay. But what <laughs> I don't get is like, there was all that pressure and there was no Instagram. Like now, not on, now you have to make it an Instagrammable Christmas. I'm like, oh, mm. okay, I don't know if I'll put up the little tiny tree I have. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, because then like kids crafts are awesome. I have no problems with crafty crafts. But you have to have, like, you know, but some people want everything so curated and what and I'm like, I don't know. I, I will say again, like when, what I'm putting up. And what my sister's putting up, a lot of it is those very imperfect yeah. crafty things that we made as kids. Like I have these little braided hearts that are a Danish Christmas tradition. And some of them I exactly when we made them, which was like a gathering of a bunch of family and friends and with mulled wine, so it just got more and more imperfect. And and some of the hearts were made by my sister when she was nine. And it's and she actually, uh, when she was putting up her decorations, she texted me um, some little decoration that I had apparently made her Aww. when she was six or something. And I completely forgot all about it. I thought that it was something we had made together. And she goes, no, 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 you made them for me. And it's like, and she still has them. That's very sweet. It is. And is it Instagrammable in the usual sense? No. But it is incredibly special. And they get one of the things I always, that I also say, and uh, let me just pitch my book, Chronic Christmas, Surviving the Holidays with a Chronic Illness. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book uh, is disasters, the holiday disasters. And some of the best memories are the disasters. So the more we aim towards perfection, like the, I remember the tree that wouldn't st stand up. So we had to tie it with rope to furniture and, and out through the window to the porch outside. I remember the, the year that the oven decided to stop working like, in the afternoon on Christmas Eve. This is the stuff that makes it the perfect Christmases where nothing happened. I don't remember them. True. But I, re I remember those disasters that we then started laughing at or the, the weird things we did, like tying a Christmas tree to furniture. I remember that, and I remember the moment it started leaning fully decorated and... <laughs> And I remember somebody yelling and going up and holding it up while my dad went to get rope. And that stays with me. All the perfect stuff, nah. And I think sometimes also like new traditions can form out of some of these things, which is always Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And also that whole like need versus want thing. You know, we want, you know, we sort of need to spend some time with friends and family whether, you know, outdoors, with your bubble people. Oh, that sounded like a science fiction novel. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, on Zoom calls or outside or whatever you can manage or, you know, or, or do the testing and go do the whole thing. So that's sort of a, but everything else is sort of a want. 
Yeah, and I, and I think if there's anything this year has taught us all, it is reprioritizing and discovering what's truly essential and what really wasn't. And I think it's something that we can certainly use for the holidays. And I would like to believe that we can carry it into hopefully a post-COVID situation if there's such a thing. It, it will be a while. I, I know everybody's very excited about the vaccines and thinking, oh, I can't, be, I can't wait to get back to normal. There will be no normal for another year or so. But hopefully by la- next Christmas, it'll be a bit more normal. But that's one of the things I really want to carry into next year is this increased awareness of all the things I thought were essential but really are not. We'll see how that goes. And yes, as we, I mean, well, I, you're getting like all deep, which is awesome, but I'm like, oh yeah, New Year's, end of year wrap up, that should be a thing. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> No, no, this year, it's like, I don't want to say, like, you see people on social media calling it a waste, or it's a wash, or I'll just forget about it, and it's like, no, I think it was very unique, and difficult, and different, and it's something that nobody will ever forget. It's a kind of disaster that nobody actually wants to remember, Um, but we're all going to, just as the Spanish flu defined the generation, I think this is going to define us in, in a very big way. But it was not a waste. It's like, I, I think I look at it, what I got out of it was an awareness of just how fast time can pass. And, and like a little bit of reprioritizing and weirdly getting to a point where it's like, Guess what? Almost nothing is essential. Yeah. Which is really good when you have a chronic illness because everything seems so important. And really it isn't. So it's okay to go have a nap. That, I think that's next on both of our schedules. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the voice, by the way. It's not pleasant and melodious to listen to, but I'm still getting over bronchitis a month ago. I know, your poor lungs. Yeah. So should we, and I still haven't found like a concise way of saying this, so here's some word salad, which is um, what's something like a tiny baby step, just to steal my own little thing, that wouldn't be an obvious thing that helps you with your chronic illness. Well, it it dovetails very nicely with this because I think there's a lot of guilt when you have a chronic illness. There's guilt over what you can't do, what you can't do as well, that you aren't there. Like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and I think that many of many of those essential things, I think they grow and gain weight when you have a chronic illness because they become so difficult to carry. And I try to remind myself that guilt maybe not be the right word to use, that guilt is a sign that you've done something wrong, like shoplift or deliberately hurt someone. And you haven't. You have a chronic illness. So I think often what is a better word for what we feel is sadness. Mm. Because you very much want to be there and you very much want to do these things and you can't. And I think there is some power in giving the feeling the right name 
because then you can actually deal with it and kind of go, well, I haven't done anything wrong, which sheds that whole I should be feeling and just realizes like, no, I'm just sad. And it's, it's, it also makes it easier to deal with in interpersonal level. Like if you can say to someone, instead of apologizing until you twisted yourself into a pretzel, you can just say, I'm really sad. I can't come. Mm. Or I'm really sad. I can't do this, but because I'm, you know, pain, flare, migraine, whatever, I can't. And then resist the, resist the urge to say, I'll make it up to you because that's the guilt thing. It's okay to just say, I saw, I saw this thing on the, again, social media is source of much wonder occasionally. Saw this thing that says no is a complete sentence. Oh, yeah. Oh, and because that also speaks to the guilt because we say, we try to explain why we're saying no. It's like, no, sorry, I can't. But yeah, just, just saying, no, I'm really sad I can't do that, or I'm sad I can't do that now, you know, it helps. That's awesome. Words matter. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that frustrates, frustrating, but words do matter. Yeah, they do. All righty. Mm-hmm. Well, since we've been all deep and philosophical and all touchy-feely, which I'm not very good at, it's a good thing podcast on, on chronic illness, because that would never come up. <laughs> I like to end it up on a dash of happy, so to lighten the mood. So what's your dash of happy for this month? Well, my dash of happy is actually for almost the entire pandemic, I discovered washi tape, which is decorative masking tape. Oh, I know. And, yeah. Oh, I, I know you know. And, and, and Janet's been doing washi, washi tape for a long time. And I've been looking at it and going, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I got some. And now I have entirely too much. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, so it's not a small dash of happy. It's more like a <laughs> ton of happy, really. But it's, I put some on an, on an envelope with a Christmas card the other day and that made it look all pretty. I use it in my calendar. Like if you ever want to go down an internet rabbit hole, people who use washi tape and who get really into deck planners. Oh, those are great to watch when you have brain fog. Oh yeah, they are. But they also make me feel really like not guilty, but it's just like, oh, oh, I want to do that. And then I realized just how much time and energy and body movement it takes and just go no I won't do that but I do I do have a calendar and like on a new month I'll put a different different type of washi tapes as a tab and it's it's I'm having the best time I I hear you and and for the what made those videos more watchable for me is that they're so ridiculous Mm. like it's an art project oh yeah they're they're beautiful they're whatever and I'm like well that's so ridiculous that's not even a goal I want to have but I've definitely stolen some ideas and used them in my life, but that's a whole other thing. But yeah, no, they're great though. They are great. And I think a lot of them are incredibly beautiful. And this is, I think it's, you know, some people do uh, coloring books because they, for grownups, as, as a meditative way to relax. And I think that's what people do for the planners and well in bullet journals because you can just sit there for a couple of hours and do this. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't have the energy and my poor hands certainly do not have the capability. And, and aside from that, I'm just not that artsy. I'm good with words, but the whole art thing, it skipped a generation. My, my mother's good at it. My nephew's good at it, but I suck. 
that's why we have the washi tape because this exactly. makes things pretty already yes but yeah like i said the, the washi tape is probably more on the want side than the need side well absolutely it is one of those things that you don't need it until you buy one or two and start using them and then you want all the things yes you want all the things and and one of the dangerous things is that a lot of the online stores have sales all the time and then you get you go there and it's like well it's five dollars or it's four dollars or three even and how do you say no to that that's hardly anything and then before you know it you have thirty dollars worth of washi tape in your cart and accidentally press buy how did that happen i don't know but considering how it, but but i think in in the sense of when you've been stuck inside for most of the year, if this brings you a little bit of happiness, and it does, like every time I use it, I get happy. Well, happy is a big word, but it makes me smile. It's um, it's a dash of happy that keeps going. Awesome. And mine this month, I, I started doing something new, which is I decided that house lipstick is now a thing. Cool. I like that. Well, because... A, I have a million of them, as you know, because we've done a bunch of like, let's try on all the things, make it an advent calendar type yeah. of an event, um, which is awesome also because they're little, so it's not as much of a commitment. I just, I have all this lipstick. I haven't worn it in forever because mm-hmm. why bother getting it on the inside of your mask? Mm-hmm. So I have now house lipstick is a thing. I really like that because it also means I don't have to do my eye makeup and it will freak out my partner. <laughs> Which, who, who doesn't quite get the lipstick thing. But, but yeah, I miss that because normally I, when I put on lipstick, it's either when I do a live video or when I go outside. And there's been no going outside. So, yeah, house lipstick. House lipstick. Because otherwise, it. when are we going to ever... Yeah, it's just going to go bad. I might not put on pants, but I've got some lipstick on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That was fun. So glad we managed to coordinate a chat. And the washi discussion reminded me of the lipstick effect. I think that's what it's called. Oh, look, there's a whole Wikipedia page. I thought the term was was coined with one of the world wars, but it's not mentioning that on the Wikipedia page, and I'm not going to go look it up. But the idea is, is that when times are bad or money is tight or whatnot, and we don't or we can't splurge on any big items, like we can't buy a new car or, well, especially with COVID, go on a vacation. But you can splurge on something small like a lipstick. And I mean, makeup can be a whole political statement. I'm not aware of washi tape being political. But yeah, a small indulgence that brings like a little joy, maybe some self-care, a little color into the world. Hell yeah, I, I think it qualifies Maybe we can rename it the washi tape effect. But yeah, that sort of does tie everything in a nice little bow. Lipstick effect, house lipstick, washi tape. I don't know. It made me happy. So uh, again, thanks to Lena for coming on. There's a link to her blog, The Seated View, in the show notes, as well as to the Chronic Christmas book. And everyone, stay safe over the holidays. Wear a mask. Distance. Do all the things. We can do this. As always, please subscribe. There's not much of a schedule. I release once a month, usually towards the end of the month. I wanted to get this one out earlier, you know, because before the holidays instead of in the middle of them. But, you know, stuff happens. Rate, review, do the whole thing. Social media, you can find me. Just search for Medicated Babbling. I think it'll even come up on Twitter where technically I am M babbling. 
but yeah, I'm everywhere and I'm still not posting much. I don't know if that's going to change or not. Probably not. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And an extra special thanks to Fresh Kills for the intro and outro music. The link to Bandcamp is in the show notes as well. And don't forget you matter. And I'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. On whatever day of Christmas. Oh, I am flat. On whatever day of Christmas. Why am I so flat there? On whatever day of Christmas, COVID gave to me more fucking lockdown.